feature presentation. Started watching Bottoms, now we're here. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Merchant. Matt, are you saying that we bottomsed out already? Like we're done? We're the- <laughs> Man, we I just did my uh, TIFF redemption. Um, I mean, speaking of Emma um, Seligman, Seligman. Seligman. Yeah. Um, we loved her last film at TIFF a couple years ago, on, which Eric's on. going to grab right now to, if anyone's watching the video version, Shiva Baby. Uh, quite the surprise at TIFF uh, during the pandemic. I think it was like the first film uh, we saw during the fest. And it was when I was living in uh, beautiful uh, Blu-ray. Eric just pulled out. Um, great movie. Yep. Uh, everyone should go check that out. But today we are reviewing her new film, Bottoms, which is now playing in cinemas everywhere. Eric, how are you? Man, I'm stressed. You know, as we're recording this, uh, school is about to g- begin for a lot of people. So that is also a, a good time to talk about Emma Sligman's Slugfest of a Sophomore Effort, uh, which is co-written uh, by uh, her muse, her lead, uh, Rachel Sinat, who was also the lead in Shiva Baby. Um, but in terms of the TIFF redemption window, you know, uh, everything that's kind of being prepared beforehand, we will be reviewing a lot of TIFF movies. We've already seen about eight or nine of them. Um, so, you know, we're, we're thinking well ahead that way and also trying to have everything kind of prepared, but like last year, there were some snafus here and there, and you have to kind of pivot when it comes to those windows. And I think, you know, you're always reminded a little bit that nothing goes to plan. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, if people are longtime listeners or viewers, you, you, who are you first of all? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Last year, we had to stop an episode in the middle of it so we could do our redemption, and then it, everything went to hell, but it ended up working out. Uh, Eric has his redemption coming up soon. I have my, or I just did mine. Um, you know, but we'll get to all that. We're, we're going to be reviewing a ton of TIFF films, so um, keep an eye out on this channel. You'll see. Um, uh, we're going to try to keep everything short in capsule review form. I say we'll try, but like that means 15, 20 minutes or lower, hopefully, um, on these TIFF. Uh, reviews especially because we'll have a lot of them coming out over the next uh, month probably or at least a couple weeks but uh, forget all that we were reviewing a movie that you can see right now you don't have to go to a film festival you can just go to your local cinema if you want tiff content go watch our preview show after this go watch all those reviews or listen to them um, we also have a episode of the untitled movie podcast where we talk about our experience at fan expo as well so you can check that out but like we said, this is bottoms time. Eric, I'll kick it over to you. <laughs> what did time. you think of bottoms? You know what? Um, I liked it. And and I think there's a lot there to admire, especially how Emma Seligman and Rachel Sinat embrace the absurdist tone of the spoof parody movie set within the high school um sort of scene and and how it's kind of playing up the ideas of of the high school melodrama or parody that we've seen before whether it be not another teen movie or even the scary movies something like that where there's this kind of artificial surreal quality that's not really 
you know, the real world per se, but there are elements where it is very self-aware and what it's referencing. What's most fascinating about that is that the film itself isn't directly referencing anything from the last decade or so, like a lot of those parody movies do, where it's almost just taking kind of the general um, sort of broader strokes of Yeah, the kind of remember this. Yes, exactly. Or, you know, the echoes of like having characters talking on, you know, the bleachers or the rafters during a practice football game is very familiar in the way that we see like in, you know, 10 things I hate about you or, or something like that, where it's like you see these locations that you're, you're familiar with in past movies that are playing it more sort of straight. This is a very queer, very funny um, movie at times. And then there are other moments where it's, confronting serious topics and it's really wonderful to see a movie like this actually address some of those things because you don't see that often in spoof movies but at the same time even though it's sincere i almost feel that that sort of detail or emotional depth that it's kind of evoking especially in this safe circle sequence in the film kind of falls a little bit flat when it's coming to filling the character development and the arcs of these people outside of them just being stereotypes or caricatures or or something like that you 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 really are you really are coming for the performances you know it's it's not necessarily Josie or PJ are great characters played by Sanat and Iowa Adibri um it's it's more so you're coming for them you know, and what they're doing as actors and what they're doing as, you know, uh, comedic comedians. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I liked the movie, didn't love it. And this is coming off of absolutely adoring, um, um, Shiva baby and obviously much different movies. Shiva baby also very funny, but, um, playing within, you know, this horror comedy, socio comedy, like, um, kind of thing and playing on anxieties and, and, you know, social anxieties and things like that. I think you bring up a really great point. I always said that, uh, or I tweeted this out after I saw the movie that I felt like this was the love child of not another teen movie and the fight sequence from Anchorman specifically, just because there's the absurdity from that fight sequence throughout all the kind of fighting throughout the fight club and especially in the last act of this film. Um, and then there's just that not another teen movie vibe, everything from, you know, the, the football players reminding me of, you know, uh, uh, Chris Evans character and just like the whole vibe of the movie felt like, uh, not another teen movie. And yes, it's not specifically referencing other teen movies. It's almost just referencing, the genre as I'm pronouncing all this stuff weirdly. I don't know why. Sorry, everyone. I had to redeem my TIFF package. So my brain's melted. Um, but it's, it's referencing the genre as a whole. And I think that's kind of interesting. I agree with you that it's at odds. It's, with itself sometimes where it is trying to tackle kind of some more serious subject matter. Um, and I think that that's kind of undercut by the tone of the movie. Um, where I'm glad it's also bringing that stuff up and it does feel like a jarring kind of juxtaposition to, you know, the vibe of the rest of the movie. So it, it is impactful in those moments when the it's brought up, but it does feel like it's out of a 
different movie at time. And I don't necessarily think that there are messages throughout this movie or there's things that it's satirizing, but like that moment specifically that we're talking about in that share circle um, did feel kind of jarring, but I'm still glad that they put it in there. I just don't know if it, um, you know, because of the kind of very over the top surreal, um, not reality vibe when you drop some really heavy real shit in sequences like that. I do feel like sometimes it's undercut by some of the humor. Um, I do. The movie is funny. I just think it maybe wears thin a little bit. Like it's a, it's a tad one note. Um, and that doesn't mean like, you know, not another teen movie I'm nostalgic for. And, and, um, and I'm sure people will be nostalgic for this. And those references are a cheap way in those movies of being like, remember this sequence from this movie. And we're just kind of putting a funny spin on this where this needs to be a little bit more clever with its humor, um, of satirizing high school, uh, you know, Gen Z culture, as well as the, the movies that we're, we're talking about, um, you know, high school movies, sex comedies. Like um, it did remind me of all those kind of sex comedies we got in the 2000s, right? You can tell that um, Seligman's like uh, kind of our age, right? Like it does feel like she's also nostalgic for the American Pies, the Not Another Teen movies, like all those, uh, you know, uh, I'm going from my very male view of this, of those are the sex comedies that I liked um, back then, but I still think you see elements of those um, in this. Um, I love uh, Rachel Senat. I love Ao Edabiri. She's popping up in everything lately. She's fantastic in The Bear. If you haven't watched that, um, I love seeing her have a little bit more of a lead role she always kind of shows up in kind of ensembles or supporting um stuff um and while i am starting to realize like okay she does feel like almost the same character in everything that i've seen her in i i still find her just so uh charming and enjoyable to kind of watch so yeah I, I was kind of all over the place with this movie like i started off going oh this is this is really funny and then as it kind of went on i'm like all right i think i kind of get it and it's i'm not laughing as much as it goes on and you know eric you and i have always talked about that comedies are the hardest things to review i think because everyone has a different sense of humor um so i think this is another one of those movies that I think if you've seen the trailer and you really liked the trailer, you'll vibe with the humor throughout the movie. If you watched it and goes, this movie has a weird tone and I don't know if I vibe with it. I feel like that you're not going to change your mind. Like you'll laugh at a few things here and there. Um, but it really does have this kind of, you said spoof movie and it does kind of have that sort of, vibe even though it's not spoofing anything specific like movie specific movies or anything so i don't know i i enjoyed it um didn't love it i i think even at you know 88 minutes like about halfway through i started to go okay i wish there was um a little bit more to this but it is funny at times yeah it commits to the bit and i think the aspect of you know the, the 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 elevator pitch being this is a female fight club and you know that uh, these two high school seniors basically come together and you know by almost just accident create this club because they want to hook up with these cheerleaders that they have crushes yeah. on and specifically within the high school parody movie but high school films in general in in you know from the seventies into the early two thousands. 
the LGBTQ plus character or characters in these stories are usually sidekicks or caricatures or, or tropes. Yeah. You know, they're they're always there to serve the heterosexual hero character and really have no life of their own. And I know that Emma Sligman's been talking about you know creating very complex and messy. Um, you know, uh, characters that are queer, that aren't simply just one thing or are simply innocent, as she said, or, you know, self-serving to another person. You know, these, these, these two leads, these characters are much more, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're like any adolescent, they're dorks, you know, they, they're, they're doing something because they, they're at that age where puberty hits and adolescence and, and that horniness comes into play. And, and like, that's, it's, it's being honest about that stuff. And it's just seeing it through a queer lens that I think also really helps break that mold a little bit when it comes to the genre as a whole. And when you look at a lot of these supporting players, they're often one note and it is making a commentary on that. And I even think like there's some really good stuff when it comes to loneliness and divorce. Marshawn Lynch plays Mr. G who's one of the most, one of the worst teachers and and laziest allies you'll ever get. Um, But it's interesting because his character is in the midst of a divorce. And then you also have Ruby Cruz's character, Hazel, who's kind of almost like the Donnie to uh, PJ and um, uh, Josie's uh, Walter and the dude in a way where she's kind of like the smart one who always kind of comes in with like the organization of things or, or knows what's really kind of going on, but um, is never kind of given the credit that she deserves. And she's kind of dealing with a single parent right now and that loneliness and isolation of being a teen, you know, and, and feeling that. So I think there's something interesting going on there when it comes to just, you know, someone getting a divorce or also, you know, the, the, the opposite side of it, of just being, you know, a single kid and on their own with a single parent and, and kind of trying to figure that out and the complexities of it. And there's, there's a lot of good stuff there. I just think that like what you're saying, this almost feels like a short film that's been kind of stretched out a little bit to feature length. And even though it embraces the absurdity and the weirdness of the world in which it takes place. And it's not necessarily so over the top that you can't latch on to things. Like it even references David Fincher when it says, you know, we're starting a fight club and it doesn't say fight club, the movie per se, but it says, Oh, I love David Fincher films. One of the characters says that. So it is meta in its commentary and how it's playing things up. But then also what I do find funny about that, like late nineties, early two thousands period this is a movie that takes place in a modern era, but there are moments where you'll see a character on a flip phone and reading a phone book or someone yeah. listening to a Walkman, um, a CD Walkman. I think it's supposed to be sort of out of time a little bit, right? Yeah, like and it throws you off. Even nature, yeah. But I think the, the, the parts that don't work as well are some of the needle drops, especially when there are moments that are supposed to be kind of those big uh, bombastic kind of scenes where they really get you into the, the style of something maybe a little bit more grand or, or the grandeur of it. Like, you know, you hear uh, Bonnie Tyler's total eclipse of the heart, which I'm grateful that it was total eclipse of the heart and, and, and not holding out for a hero as we've heard one too many times in 2020. Yeah. Complicated. And so like, again, talking about, you know, Emma Sligman growing up in that period, that's that, period perfectly encapsulated and that style kind of encapsulated. And I do like the, the friendship between the two leads because neither one of them is sidekicks to each other or none of them, or neither one becomes 
the rom-com love interest like the one yeah. i was supposed to be with was right there in front of was me. actually you yeah yeah and and it doesn't follow those cliches so you know is it a letdown compared to shiva baby which kind of felt a little bit more controlled and focused and the anxiety of being someone that is caught in a, at a family function that's very familial but also still judgmental it's not as 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 a uh, as much of a breakthrough or a v- revelation, but it's still worth your time. And Emma Seligman, I think, is yeah. such a unique and singular filmmaker that anything she does is worth watching. And she's even talked about recently doing a horror movie next. And if she does, we're all screwed because it'll yeah. probably be one of the most disturbing things <laughs> we'll ever watch. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a mild recommendation, but it's still one where it's like, you know what? I appreciate that she's creating something truly unique and, and playing within a genre and world that we're familiar with, but seeing it from a different angle. Um, and I think that that's the important part. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I would also give it kind of a soft recommend, like, um, if you vi- like I said, if you vibed with the trailer, go check it out. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I could probably say wait till streaming, but it is another one of those movies that comedies like horror are better with a big crowd. So um, if this does have a big crowd and you can go see it right away, um, that might actually help your experience. So maybe don't wait until streaming because I, I do find sometimes when I'll try to watch comedies alone, they just don't. Um, hit as well, especially something that's a little messy or a bit all over the place like this. But there are some laughs. Um, love the two leads. Um, the needle drops. I agree with you, Eric. That like uh, I because it was that kind of out of time. Like I almost wanted this to be set in the two thousands or something like that. Um, but I kind of like that it does have that kind of weird. Like what? When is this supposed to be? Um, throughout it. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to give the movie a three out of five. I think it's um, clearly like a decent watch. I just, uh, I'm not over the moon about it. I loved Shiva baby. I don't know if I'll really revisit this. Um, if I'll really think about it all that much, uh, but it could possibly be one of those kind of cult movies for, you know, people a little bit younger than us, uh, you know, for, like you said, the representation of, of queer characters and in the lead and really focusing around them. There's like a lot of important good stuff in this where it's still paying homage to those, you know, probably slightly misogynistic and, and uh, racist uh, and stereotypical. Yeah. So it is kind of taking, you know, the good parts of those movies from the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands and making something fresh and new for today's day and age. So I really appreciate it for that reason. And there probably will be a group of people that much like some of those movies that I look back fondly to, even though they might be with rose colored glasses uh, on certain things that I haven't rewatched some of them in a long time. Um, I think people will find this movie and have that same reaction. And I know she's uh, compared it to like wet, hot American summer as well. Um, which is a great comparison um, too. And, and we didn't bring up that like everyone seems a little too old to be in high school, which is like another funny bit that I always like in high school spoofs is just like, maybe it's not as far as, you know, um, certain things. Cause I do think that Ra- uh, Rachel Sennett and, and Ayo Edibiri can, 
play younger, but they still don't. They no one clearly looks like they're in high school, which is kind of funny too. But it's yeah, well, three it's, out of it's five for me. It's like the classic nine o Beverly Hills nine o two one o thing with you know people like uh, Jason Priestley and Luke Perry who were people that were in their late twenties when they were playing high schoolers, or even movies or TV shows that aren't necessarily melodramatic or spoofs. Like you look at someone like Andrew Garfield in his Spider Man oh, films absolutely. in that first film. He was he was nearing thirty when he was. I mean, playing Tobey Maguire looked like he was a grandpa in Spider Man three. Yeah, so. so there's a commentary there, and and it is reconciling with the genre in in terms of like you can still love the those movies but at the same time you know there's a lot of problems there and it is actually examining it in a very interesting way and and from a very specific point of view and we're seeing the genre as a new and and i think another thing really maybe to uh mention here before we wrap up it is extremely violent i was kind of surprised with how not only the sound design, but the the graphic detail of you know the fist fighting and just the 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 total you know disregard for the human body there is in this. Like it doesn't it doesn't hold back, and it's actually quite funny, but still like you you kind of wince at times as well. Like it's not as cartoonish as like a Naked Gun movie or even a Quentin Tarantino film where you feel completely desensitized to the violence like there are times where you do feel it in in the punches or in the kicks or or even just in the, i think the guttural visceral screams even you know? once we get to that last sequence which i keep comparing to the anchorman kind of uh anchor fight uh that's when i think it gets a little cartoony but i do agree with you in the actual fight club um, yeah. Some of those sequences uh, can be pretty brutal. I just think that last sequence when swords get you know pulled out and and you know things like that, where it's just like uh, or people get impaled and things like that, it gets a little goofy. But um, uh, I I see where you're coming from there. Yeah, that 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 last act reminds me a little bit of I don't know if you ever saw the music video for Gobs. I hear you calling. Oh yeah, where yeah. it's the band fighting zombie uh, <laughs> yes, footballer women's. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. also, but then you have like something like Matthew Goods load me up, which also at the end takes place on a field, and it kind of almost has a music video kind of style to it in that last act but there is a lot there and there's a couple other movies as well that it feels like there's a certain amount of um playing tribute to or homage with you know heathers with winona Ryder and and uh, christian yeah. slater which is kind of it's a little bit more dark and and nasty with how it kind of plays this up where it never bottoms never treats its characters in a horrible manner like it treats everybody the way that they treat each other you know and there are moments where there are things where people are called out for being assholes but it's not um as disturbing at times as something like heathers and then there's another movie called um but i'm a cheerleader as well um with uh clea duvall and natasha leone that also kind of feels like it, it it takes place in a surreal world that's still somewhat recognizable but um isn't completely the world that we live in and so that kind of stuff really works well in terms of like if you're if you're interested in these movies check out this film as well so i'm gonna give bottoms a three and a half out of out of five i think it's a solid film i just think that there's something there that's kind of missing to really you know punch it up a little bit more cool uh, well, thank you all for listening or watching. We really do appreciate it. Uh, as I mentioned, please go check out. Uh, we have an episode about Fan Expo over on the Untitled Movie Podcast. We probably talk a little bit about you know TIFF coming up this week. So we've already done a big preview episode, which you guys can also check out on Untitled Movie Podcast. We'll probably talk about a few other things as well. 
Um, you can check out all of our reviews uh, for TIFF over on Untitled Movie Reviews. Uh, we'll have, oh my gosh, probably 20 to 30 reviews over the next couple weeks over on uh, untitled movie reviews. We'll try to keep them short so people can just kind of come in and out, especially because not everyone's going to have a chance to see these movies until much later. Um, we also have reviews out right now for Gran Turismo and Ahsoka. Um, so Gran Turismo. So go check those out. Um, and yeah, the next couple of weeks are going to be busy. So um, will we survive? It's, it's uh, who knows. To, yeah, probably not, but we'll see. Um, I'm excited. Tiff's coming up. Stay tuned for all of that. Uh, for everything, head over to our letterbox, which is untitled underscore movies, uh, as well as follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene. There's an upcoming episode uh, with guests uh, Matt Rohrbeck and Shaq Lambert, which is going to be a fun one. We start off the conversation talking about the fall movie season, a little bit about the strike, but sadly it does devolve into a saw conversation. So that will uh, start airing on September the 10th. So I will post a link to it once it's available, but it's a lot of fun. Um, listening to Matt and Shaquille talk about uh, the Saw franchise as passionately as they do uh, makes you almost think that that movie franchise is worthy of uh, reappraisal, but it's not. Uh, it and you is. can follow me on all the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. I'm going to get a good copy of uh, Divorced and Happy and just, you know, spend the rest of my day reading away reading. <laughs>